Good morning. Peace be with you. And happy Mother's Day. <laughs> and also with you. <laughs> the force be with you. It is a special day, and I uh, join with you in the celebration of mothers, of uh, for those that uh, whose uh, mothers have passed. I'm, I grieve with you uh, on this day, as I miss my mother. This is the second Mother's Day that she's not been around. Uh, but this is a special day, and let us be sensitive also that not. Uh, everyone uh, has had the opportunity to hold a child in their arms, um, and I know that that is a source of grief. Um, those are ladies with empty arms, but not in any means no less of a mother. And because of what we believe, that uh, the nature of our Father, that there are a lot of babies in heaven that were never held by their earthly mother but they're waiting for them on that right day. And so uh, enough about that, but I pray that you celebrate well today and have happy memories and that uh, we rejoice in the Lord this morning. I hope that you uh, got an opportunity. If you didn't, there are a packet of seeds back there for uh, everyone, every uh, lady in the house and gentlemen. I will not begrudge you if you take some of these and sow them for uh, those uh, in your neighborhood to see. But uh, Ashley came up with this idea, and I thought it was, uh, it was delightful. So they're beautiful flowering seeds, and uh, it looks like we can probably still get them in and have them, have them bloom. So uh, take a pack and, and uh, uh, sow them, and if you don't mind, show me how they come out. So at this point, why don't we um, stand and we open our service this morning with crown him with many crowns it's on page 170 
We come together in the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Almighty God, to whom all hearts are open and all desires are known, and from whom no secrets are hid, cleanse the thoughts of our hearts by the inspiration of your Holy Spirit, that we may perfectly love you and worthily magnify your holy name. Through Jesus Christ, our Lord. Amen. If we say that we have no sin, we deceive ourselves and the truth is not in us. But if we confess our sins, God, who is faithful and just, will forgive our sins and cleanse us from all unrighteousness. Let us confess our sins to God our Father. Most merciful God, we confess to our Almighty God in his mercy has given his son to die for you and for his sake he forgives you all of your sins. And as your called and ordained servant of Christ and by his authority, I therefore declare to you the entire forgiveness of all of your sins in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. The grace of the Lord Jesus Christ, the love of God, and the communion of the Holy Spirit be with you all. In peace, let us pray to the Lord. For the peace from above and for our salvation, let us pray to the Lord. For the peace of the whole world, for the well-being of the church of God, and for the unity of all, let us pray to the Lord. For this holy house, and for all who offer here their worship and praise, let us pray to the Lord. Help, save, comfort, and defend us, gracious Lord. This is the feast of victory for our God. Alleluia.
The Lord be with you. Let us pray. Almighty God, merciful Father, since you have wakened from death the shepherd of your sheep, grant us your Holy Spirit, that when we hear the voice of our shepherd, we may know him who calls us each by name and follow where he leads through the same Jesus Christ, your Son, our Lord, who lives and reigns with you in the Holy Spirit, one God, now and forever. Amen. You may be seated. Good morning, and happy Mother's Day to all you mothers out there. You too. Um, I'm going to be reading from Acts uh, on the first reading. It's going to be Acts chapter 20, verse 17 to 35. It's Paul's farewell uh, to the Ephesian elders. Um, and Paul talks about the importance of leadership of the elders. And one of the things that I thought about prior to uh, reading just now is that, after I read it first, that Reformation Lutheran Church, our church, has been uh, blessed by many, by not many, but a few, let's say, great leaders, especially the women. I'm supposed to laugh now. <laughs> Anyway, uh, let's read from Miletus on verse 17, we're reading. Paul sent Ephesus for the elders of the church. When the elders arrived, he said to them, you know how I lived the whole time I was with you from the first day I came into the province of Asia? I served the Lord with great humility and with tears and in the midst of severe testing by the plots of my Jewish opponents. You know that I have not hesitated to preach anything that would be helpful to you, but have taught you publicly and from the house to house. I've declared to both Jews and Greeks that they must turn to God in repentance and have faith in our Lord Jesus. And now, compelled by the Spirit, I'm going to Jerusalem not knowing what will happen to me there. I only know that in every city, the Holy Spirit warns me that prison and hardships are facing me. However, I consider my life worth nothing to me. My only aim is to finish the race and complete the task the Lord Jesus has given me. The task of testifying to the good news of God's grace. Now I know that none of you among whom I've gone about preaching the kingdom will ever see me again. Therefore, I declare to you today that, that I am innocent of the blood of any of you, for I have not hesitated to proclaim 
to you the whole will of God. Let's keep watch over yourselves and all the flocks of which the Holy Spirit has made you overseers. Be shepherds of the church of God, which he bought with his own blood. I know that after I leave, savage wolves will come in among you and will not spare the flock. Even from your own number, men will arise, distort the truth in order to draw away the disciples after them. So, be on your guard. Remember that for three years I never stopped warning you, each of you, night and day with tears. Now, I commit you to God and to the word of his grace, which can build you up and give you the inheritance among all those who are sanctified. I have not coveted anyone's silver or gold or clothing. You yourselves know that these hands of mine have supplied my own needs and the needs of my companions. In everything I did, I showed you that by this kind of hard work, we must help the weak. Remembering the words that the Lord Jesus himself said, it is more blessed to give than to receive. Now in your bulletin, uh, we're gonna be reading jointly Psalm 23. Many of you have heard these words many times. They're comforting words that we all need to hear during difficult times. Let's look at Psalm 23. He makes me lie down in green pastures. He leaves me beside quiet waters. He refreshes my soul. He guides me along the right path. Even though I walk through the darkest valley, I will fear no evil, for you are with me. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. You prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. You anoint my head with oil, my cup overflows. Surely, your goodness and love will follow me all the days of my life, and I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. Our next, uh, our second uh, reading here comes from Revelations chapter 7. I'll be reading uh, verses 9 through 17. And I forgot to tell you last time where to find things, but I figured you knew where Acts was. But Revelations, you know, too, it's at the last chapter, right? Page 1921. We're going to talk about here the Great Tribulation. So Revelation 7, 9 through 17, says this. After this, I looked, and there before me was a great multitude that no one could count from every nation, tribe, people, and language, standing before the throne and before the Lamb. They were wearing white robes and were holding palm branches in their hands. And they cried out in a loud voice, Salvation belongs to our God who sits on the throne and to the Lamb. 
all the angels are standing around the throne, around the elders and the four living creatures. They fell down on their faces before the throne and worshiped God, saying, Amen. Praise and glory and wisdom and thanks and honor and power and strength be to our God forever and ever. Amen. Then one of the elders asked me, these in white robes, who are they and where did they come from? I answered, sir, you know. And he said, these are they who have come out of the great tribulation. They have washed their robes and made them white in the blood of the lamb. Therefore, they are before the throne of God and serve him day and night in his temple. And he who sits on the throne will shelter them with his presence. Never again will they hunger. Never again will they thirst. The sun will not beat down on them, nor any scorching heat. For the lamb at the center of the throne will be their shepherd. He will lead them to springs of living water. And God will wipe away every tear of their eyes. Here ends the reading. This is the word of the Lord. The gospel reading this morning is indeed from St. John, and it is chapter 10, verses 22 through 50, and can be found in the Pew Bible on page 1667. Amen. John records, then came the festival of dedication at Jerusalem. It was winter. And Jesus was in the temple courts walking in Solomon's colonnade. The Jews who were gathered around him saying, How long will you keep us in suspense? If you are the Messiah, tell us plainly. Jesus answered, I tell you, but you do not believe. The works I do in my Father's name testify about me, but you do not believe because you are not my sheep. My sheep listen to me, they listen to my voice, and I know them and they follow me, and I give them eternal life, and they shall never perish. No one will snatch them out of my hand. My Father who has given them to me is greater than all. No one can snatch them out of my Father's hand. I and the Father are one. This is the gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, O Christ. You may be seated. Will you pray with me? May the words of my mouth and the meditation of all of our hearts be acceptable in thy sight, O Lord, our rock and our redeemer. Amen. 
in the name of Jesus. Today being Mother's Day, we, we do honor mothers. And as I said earlier, um, all women we honor. Because God has given these special people the ability that most men do not and cannot and will not ever be able to, to perform. I lift up the mothers with empty arms, and I know several in this sanctuary right now are experiencing that. And I know that our father grieves, and I also know that they're, as I said earlier, kind of fumbled on it, but it's near and dear to my heart. I know that there will be a reunion in heaven where we will be face-to-face with those that have gone before us. And as Ed said today, reading that scripture, there will be no more tears. There will be no more sorrow. Amen? I was crafting today's sermon. Jesus does talk to those that are accusing him and and are confronting him there. uh, And he tells them who he is. And and there is a parallel with moms. Jesus said that he is a, uh, he has fed. He goes, he goes, you don't understand who I am because of what I've done. But if we take a look at what has Jesus done in his ministry up till now, he's fed the multitudes, has he not? Good mothers feed multitudes. I know that for a fact. My mother did the same, and I've seen my wife do the, th- the same. Healing. He says, I've healed the sick. Mothers are incredible at healing. I miss my mommy a lot of time when I get that. I want my mommy sick. I mean, I am my mommy sick. She make me feel better. You know, mothers are healers. Mother has the title of mom, but she's really a queen amongst men. And she settles sometimes as chief cook and bottle washer and still smiles and still loves and still shepherds. That's how I know, just one of the ways I know that God designed mothers perfectly. And I want to thank him for it. Thank you, Daddy. That was quite something that you've done. There are some things that moms can't do, though. There's some things that they cannot do. Certainly they are protectors and encouragers, and certainly they do feed you, and they take care of you, and they love you, and they never, ever, ever stop worrying about you. But there's times in life when we go out on our own, and as Paul is warning the Ephesians, there's trouble, and there's an evil one out there that wants to snatch you. And there is calamity that's coming, and a mother cannot protect you from that. So then what? Well, yesterday I was asked a question. How did I get through the trials that I've had in in my life? I think specifically it was likely regarding Graham and the passing of a child. How did I get through it? Who did you talk to? Who gave you comfort? What people, what, what helped you most? Can you share it? I think it was a a cry out to help me. And 
after we discussed some things, it came to me clearly that what did I do? Well, it wasn't so much what I did, but I did submit myself to God, and I did immerse myself in God's Word daily in every way that I could. I ate, slept, and breathed Scripture and listened to countless uh, sermons and hours upon hours in the car uh, with uh, Christian music, right, David? You were a little young for that, but I talked to your brother the other night, and he goes, that was my life. We listened to K-Wave all the time, all the time. For 15 years, there were good pastors preaching on there. And then when I wasn't doing that, I was at church, and I was at men's group, and all of these things, not because I'm so wonderful, but because I needed it. I needed that bread that would, that would feed me, that would comfort me. I didn't know how it would do it. It didn't make a lot of sense to me because that same God let my little boy die, but darn it, I was going to push it, and I was going to test him, and I proved it, that there is comfort for one like me in his word. And I'm here as your shepherd to tell you that there is comfort for you in his word too. And I would implore you, eat on days other than Sunday. I know many of you do. Some of you don't. And there's really easy ways to get fed that the uh, portals of prayers out there, you know, each day it takes just so little time, but it will touch you. It will comfort you. You need to eat. And like a good shepherd and like a good mother and like a good father, Paul writes a letter to the Ephesians today, and we hear about that. And he's, he's talking about fierce battles coming. He's saying, hey, kids, I'm not going to be with you forever, just like any parent should do. And I need to prepare you for this. This is what's coming. You need to stay in the world, in the word, not in the world. Woo! You need to stay in the word because the world's coming, and it's going to chew you up and spit you out. He tells them about his impending imprisonment that he's going to have, impending beatings, all of these wonderful things that he, he got to endure, Paul did. The Holy Spirit is telling him of these things to come. And he's not, he's not telling them so that they go, oh my gosh, you know, I've got such a long way to go, look at him. But he is pointing to the way that he lived through trial and through tribulation, through good times and bad. He walked the talk he wasn't a burden on them. He told them, My, your blood is innocent on me. I taught you rightly. And when I go, you need to continue on that walk. He warns them, there are wolves that are out there looking to devour you. He says, there are wolves in sheep's clothing. You've heard that. There are outsiders that are seeking to devour you, to persecute you, to put an end to your faith. Some of them subtly and others not so much. He's telling them that there will be insiders, people within this church that will seek to have power of their own. And only then will it reveal themselves as who they were. Not one of you, not one of my sheep, but one of the evil one. He's warning them it's coming, it's coming. And Paul recounts for their memory again that he provided for himself that he had taught rightly and lived in a good witness. Again, he reiterates that he did the right thing by them. He taught them correctly. And he admonished them, do not leave the faith, even when things get tough. 
He encourages them that God will see them through all things. He asks them to be patient, to be diligent, to be obedient. And like a good father, somehow in his dialect, he said, don't blow it. Don't blow it. Don't make bad decisions. And so then it leads us to our gospel message this morning from Jesus. And it's interesting that how and where this is happening, that we see Jesus in um, what they call Solomon's uh, portico. And what that does is it's, it's a part of, um, of the temple. And it, it's a big area. And the, the uh, rabbis would meet there with their followers and they would t- talk about things. And so <clears throat> he was being confronted <clears throat> by uh, the Pharisees at this time. And, and, and they were, you know, really in his face saying, you know, speak to us plainly. Don't beat around the bush. Don't give us a line. Are you the Messiah or are you not? Imagine they're talking to God that way. And Jesus answers them, but never the way that they want. And he says to them, look, he says, uh, my works explain who I am. As I just went through that list, I feed the multitudes, just like Moses did. He says, I'm healing the sick. I am the good shepherd. Now, when we hear the good shepherd, the good shepherd, it sounds really kind of inane. But when you talk about in, 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 in biblical times, to say a king, a shepherd, he is the shepherd of Israel. That means he's the king of Israel. That he took care of his people. And even in Scripture, God calls on the shepherds as kings. If we take a look at... Um, uh, Ezekiel 34, 2. It's on page um, 1341 of your pew Bible. I invite you to re- look at, uh, at uh, Ezekiel. And I'll just read a couple of, of uh, phrases for you here because there's a good reason that um, the Pharisees were so mad at him. But he goes in there, and, and, he's, and they would have known Ezekiel. He would, have said, he would have read this, Son of man, prophesy against the shepherds of Israel. Uh oh. Prophesy and say to them, This is what the sovereign Lord says Woe to the shepherds of Israel who only take care of yourselves. Should not shepherds take care of the flock? You eat the curds, you clothe yourselves with wool and slaughtered the choice animals, but you do not take care of the flock. Read further. He is indicting those who have the audacity to question Jesus as who he is. So here he is. During the Festival of Lights, the Festival of Dedication, also known as Hanukkah. And it is the only time that we really hear about Hanukkah in the Bible. And Jesus is there celebrating with them. If we look at the background of Hanukkah and why this all comes together, Hanukkah for the first time happened in around in the 160s BC. And in that time in Jerusalem, the Greeks were 
occupying Jerusalem. And they were literally cramming down the throats of the Jews Greek culture. They were forbidding, no, they were saying no circumcision, no food law observance. And they desecrated the temple with a statue of Zeus. Now remember, Paul's admonition, this came much later than that, but Paul said there are people on the outside that want to destroy your faith. And there will be people on the inside that will compromise themselves to destroy your faith. And they had been, in the, the Ephesians that he's writing to, and these Jews had been taught rightly through the ages that God would be with them even in these tough times. They had been shepherded. So what happens? Here the Greeks are occupying Jerusalem. There turns out to be a family by the name of the Maccabees. The Maccabees. And that literally means it translates into the hammer. And the Maccabees took up arms. And the Maccabees hammered away at the Greeks over and over and over until, well, they won their independence from the Greeks politically and socially. So there was a celebration after they had cleaned and rededicated the temple they had a celebration of lights and they lit a candle and they only had enough oil for that candle to burn one day and the miracle there that they were celebrating as Jesus was again in the temple was that that burnt for eight days they're in Solomon's portico. Solomon was the son of David, right? And they're asking Jesus, are you the son of David? Another name for are you the Messiah? In that day that Jesus was speaking to these men, they were under foreign occupation again. The Romans this time. And so it made sense that here's this Jesus guy. He's not a Maccabee. They wanted a hammer. And they knew in that question, I'm going to ask you, are you the Messiah? Because in their mind, the Messiah was coming back, and he was going to open a can of you-know-what and whoop them good. And he answers them, mm, hey, if you knew your scripture, you would know that I am. I'm healing, I'm feeding, and I'm leading my people. But you're not my sheep. Because my sheep understand. My sheep hear my voice and they respond. You are the bad sheep. By the way, he could have said to them, you might as well look at Ezekiel on page 13, 34 of your pew. No, they didn't have the pew Bible, but they knew what he was talking about. Not only did he tell them that, he went further on to say, after telling them that they are the sheep that, that, they, that, that <laughs> do not understand, he says, I am the good shepherd, the good king. They would have understood that. Not like we do, oh, shepherd, how nice, you know, dirty, uneducated. No, king, shepherd, guiding of the people. He said, I'm feeding, I'm healing the good king that shall rule forever and ever. And then he says, I and the father am one. And that's where our scripture ended today, but I would invite you to read further on because at that point in time, they tore their gowns and they wanted to kill them right then and there. He convicted them. They knew 
who they were in relationship to Jesus. They knew who they were in relationship to God. That's an example of outside influences, evil. It's always prowling around trying to steal your faith. There's outside influences today that are trying to steal your happy, that are trying to destroy you, your families, your relationships, even this church. There is an outside occupation of people that are cramming culture down our throats. And we're looking for a Maccabee. And we already have one. His name is Jesus. And so for you who believe, you who believe, when you were baptized, he claimed you right there. And when he was crucified, Christ and him crucified is what we preach, he paid it all. He paid for you. He paid your ransom. And he is the good shepherd. And he is mighty. And he does live in here with you in your heart. And he does speak to you with his word and his scripture. And he does meet us each Sunday at the altar through the simple elements of the bread and the wine and his word combined with the Holy Spirit in your faith. He meets you each and every day. And he keeps his promise that no matter what is going on in that world, your world and further, he promises that you will not, that you cannot be snatched out of the good shepherd's hand. In the name of Jesus, amen.
Will you please stand? Let us now confess together our faith to the words of the Apostles' Creed found on page four of your bulletin. I believe in God the Father Almighty, creator of heaven and earth. I believe in Jesus Christ, his only Son, our Lord. He was conceived by the power of the Holy Spirit and born of the Virgin Mary. He suffered in Pontius Pilate, was crucified and died in his burial. He descended into hell. On the third day, he rose again. He ascended into heaven and is seated at the right hand of the Father. He will come again and judge the children of the dead. I believe in the Holy Spirit, the whole Catholic Church, the communion of saints, the forgiveness of sins, the resurrection of the body, and the life of the rest. Amen. Let us pray for the whole people of God in Christ Jesus and for all people as they have need. O Lord, you once promised to raise up a shepherd to deliver your sheep from all their enemies. We give you thanks for giving to us your own son to be our good shepherd. Grant us to hear his voice and know him by faith and follow where he leads that he may deliver us into your everlasting arms forevermore. Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayer. O Lord, you called St. Paul to testify to the gospel of your grace and favor. Continue to raise up pastors to declare to your flock the whole counsel of your word and to be the bishops of their souls, delivering the riches of your grace in word and sacrament. Equip us with your grace and spirit that we may hear and heed their faithful proclamation and be kept upon the way that leads to eternal life. Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayer. O Lord, you will not allow any power or enemy to triumph over your saving purpose or snatch your lambs from your hand. Give to us wise and faithful leaders who will govern in our land according to your law and defend the lives of the unborn, the orphaned, the widowed, and the aged. Bless all those who make, administer, and judge our laws, that they may not hinder your purpose. Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayer. O Lord, you have provided us with the gift of family. Bless those who have shown to us a mother's love and nurtured our lives from childhood. Bless and protect all mothers with child, all those who have suffered miscarriage or the death of a child, and all those who have yearned for a child and lived with the pain of this unfulfilled longing. Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayer. O Lord, you have not forgotten us in our afflictions or abandoned us in our weakness. Deliver the sick and suffering according to your will and give all comfort to the dying, especially those we now name silently or out loud. Guard us against despair and grant us patience in the days of our trouble as we await your perfect healing in heaven. Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayer. O Lord, you have shown to us a generous heart and taught us it is more blessed to give than to receive. 
Accept our gratitude for all your mercies new each morning, for your tender care in time of need, and for the gift of life. Receive now the gifts of our hands with our voices, raised in thanksgiving and praise. Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayer. O Lord, you have heard the cries of your people and delivered the martyr from defeat and the saints to everlasting life. Wipe away the tears from your grieving people and raise us up to joy in the promise of the resurrection and the life death cannot steal. We acknowledge before you the saints who loved you and served you faithfully, and we pray you to bring us with them into the joy of your presence forevermore. Lord, in your mercy. All these things, dear Father, we ask in the name of Jesus, our God, our good shepherd, through whom we have confidence and the boldness to pray. Amen. May the peace of the Lord be with you all. Let us share the peace. It's so nice to have you back. <laughs> Will you please stand? Will you please pray with me? Blessed are you, O Lord our God, maker of all things. For your goodness, you have blessed us with these gifts. With them, we offer ourselves to your service and dedicate our lives to the care and redemption all that you have made, for the sake of him who gave himself for us, Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen. The Lord be with you. And also with you. Lift up your hearts. 
Let us give thanks to the Lord our God. It is right to give him thanks and praise. It is indeed right and salutary that we should at all times and all places offer thanks and praise to you, O Lord, our Holy Father, almighty and ever-living God. But chiefly we are bound to praise you for the glorious resurrection of our Lord, for he is the true Passover lamb who gave himself to take away our sin, who by his death has destroyed death, and by his rising has brought us to eternal life. And so with Mary Magdalene and Peter and all the witnesses of the resurrection, with earth and sea and all their creatures and with angels and archangels, cherubim and seraphim, we praise your name and join their unending hymn. In the night in which he was betrayed, our Lord Jesus took the bread and he gave thanks and then he broke it, giving it to his disciples saying, take and eat. This is my body given for you. Do this in remembrance of me. In much the same way, and again after supper, Jesus took the cup and he gave thanks and then he gave it to his disciples saying, take and drink. This is the new covenant in my blood shed for you and for all people for the forgiveness of sins. Do this in remembrance of me. For we know that as often as we eat of this bread and drink of this cup, that we proclaim Christ's death and his resurrection and his triumphant, glorious coming again. Let us now together pray the prayer that Jesus gave to us. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. May us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, and the power, and the glory, forever The Heavenly Father, through His Son, is ringing the dinner bell. The shepherd's calling to his sheep, and you hear him. You know his voice, and he knows you inside and out, and he's telling you, come, child because I have newness for you. He was the true Passover lamb, and through his blood and his body, you are healed. Nothing can snatch you from his hands. So the ushers will bring you forward. You may be seated now.
Will you please stand? And now the benediction. May the Lord bless you and keep you. May the Lord make his face to shine on you and be gracious unto you. May the Lord look upon you with favor and give you his peace. In the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, amen. Let us sing, Savior like a shepherd lead us, page 481.